0: Hey there, this is Jenny Chen. I'm the founder of 3D Heels. Welcome to The Lattice Podcast, the official podcast for 3D Heels. This is where you will find fun, but in-depth conversations with technological game changers, creative minds, entrepreneurs, rule breakers, and more, focusing on how we can use 3D technologies like 3D printing and bioprinting to reinvent healthcare and even life sciences. This podcast will also include AMA or Ask Me Anything sessions, past Instagram live interviews with influencers, and other direct engagements with our tribe. Hey. Hey,
1: Jenny. Good morning.
0: Well, wow, good afternoon for me. Yes. Thanks for joining me. I'm just happy this works, to be honest.
1: <laughs> very quickly, very efficiently. Yeah. Internet connection so far too.
0: So a little, a little self instru- introduction here. I'm Jenny Chen. I'm the founder of 3D Hills. Uh, I'm part. I'm a person. One of the persons behind the 3D Hills Instagram account. The reason why we have this Instagram account, uh, it serves as a point of inspiration and also a, an alternative, less formal way of connecting with influencers behind their Instagram photos and in uh, and also organizations. So well, we, who, the guest we have today is uh, William Harley, or Bill, uh, as mm. i love to call you. And uh, he, you're not only a, a bioengineering PhD student, uh, almost graduating, am I not right? <laughs> or maybe- little,
1: what, More than one year to go. Yep. More than one year to go. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: You're also the Sweet Hills Community Manager for, um, I would say Australia. <laughs> the only person we have in Australia. But you're located in Melbourne. Um, I and uh, you, you've done a fantastic job organizing events, uh, not just from uh, for 3D Hills, but also for other bioprinting communities. And uh, very recently, you just organized a very large conference along with the professors, uh, Professor uh, Car- Carmel Gentle, um, yeah. in, uh, in Melbourne, uh, focusing on bioprinting. So that, that was an amazing conference, by the way. I learned a lot. Um, the reason we're here today is to allow our audience to get to know you, um, and uh, and also you know your overview of what the ecosystem for healthcare, three D printing, and bioprinting is like in Australia. Uh, it's, it's relatively opaque to the rest of the world, and um, we'd like to know more. Um, and of course, we have a conference coming up uh, focusing on Melbourne in a couple of weeks, actually, and that this is a good opportunity to talk about it. But before we go through all that, I do want to know what is acoustic bioprinting. I think that's a fascinating <laughs> subject. I I don't know a whole lot about.
1: Of course, yeah, I'll give you a bit of an introduction. But yeah, thanks thanks Jenny for for having me on the Instagram live session and you know give me more of an opportunity to talk about my research. You know what my PhD involves, and of course you know just a bit of a preview to the to the 3D Hills Melbourne event that we have scheduled for later in January. So to give a bit of a, to overview about what my PhD is about and take back a step about acoustic bioprinting, we know now today that many different types, many different fabrication uh, modalities exist for bioprinting, uh, which is, you know, it's progressed a long way in, in the last few years with traditional extrusion and inkjet printing dominating, you know, most of the scene in the research and development space. Uh, using acoustics... Um, is as a really biocompatible way to actually handle and move these cells and to, to think about it as a bioprinting process. Um, you can, you can actually use, uh, these acoustics or sound in many different ways for, for bioprinting purposes. But what I look at is more of a bioassembly technique. So what we're actually doing with, with this uh, acoustics and ultrasonic frequencies is being able to move these cells in a very, cell friendly and biocompatible way within an existing bioprinted construct or within a microfluidic system so basically this allows us to to fine tune the the positioning in which we want the cells to be placed and we can also later cure these cells in place to sort of uh, mature this construct to actually grow but apart, um, you know, not just my research, but the wider group uh, we have at the Collins Biomicrosystems Laboratory at University of Melbourne, is we all focus on using acoustics uh, in in various ways to sort of manipulate and move cells, and whether that be for you know uh, arbitrary cell patterning to to uh, actually uh, more improved flow cell cytometry. Uh, or isolation and these sort of uh, filtration techniques. So it's really quite a widespread um, technique that we can actually use within this biofabrication field.
0: So in other words, this is a, a smart way of moving the cells around without actually harming them.
1: Exactly, yes. Because we know from from many printing processes that they cells don't like the sheer force. They don't like to be pushed around and moved into the positions they don't want to be. And of course, if you can do this in the most cell-friendly way and and provide them, you know, immediate access to nutrients and oxygen to help them grow, um, it's it's a far better environment for the cells to, to mature healthily over a long period of time.
0: That's fantastic. And I'm assuming that you guys are not the only group in the world who's doing this kind of research. Um, okay. Any suggestions in, in which who which other lads are working on the same subject and people can also, um, you know, kind of... Uh, reach out or
1: read, read more about? Of course, yeah. So there's um, a lot of work being done across, you know, across the whole world. Um, and one major hotspot I definitely recommend is in Singapore. Um, I know you have 3 hills Heels has a great connection with Singapore. And, and the ecosystem there is really booming. You know, they've got lots of great ideas with this, not just the biofabrication side of things, but in 3D printing, In uh, healthcare overall. Um, So, there's a fantastic group at the Singapore University of Technology and Design that uh, that we work with closely with our group that does a lot of acoustics work. And also, you know, many groups at Penn State, MIT in the US, there's some in Germany. So, it's definitely picking up its pace, and more people are realizing the potential um, that, you know, acoustic forces can have to to maybe not directly and solely fix this uh, bioprinting problem, but to definitely aid and, and help in part of the process, you know, in yeah. conjunction with Yeah,
0: it's one piece of the puzzle, um, basically. Um, uh, now, to maneuver these cells, that you need to be able to see it. And mm. uh, now, now we can kind of go a uh, jump a little bit ahead to our conference that we do have somebody from the visualization side, right? Can you use the tools from OptiScan uh, for this you- kind of work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole, the whole background and idea between body uh, scans technology is it's a very in-situ, in vivo-friendly endomicroscopy technology. So, of course, this holds more promise and more practical applications for you know, clinical trials, actually uh, more gathering more clinically relevant data, but you can definitely use this in a, in a research and development as well and the freedom that this technology actually allows us to, to basically, um, you know, set up and view, uh, these different constructs, um, with ease, uh, instead of being locked, you know, to a traditional, say confocal microscopy, uh, and, uh, other imaging systems.
0: Yeah. Very cool. I mean, we will hear a little bit more from them as well, directly in a couple of weeks. Um, but let's go back to the Australian ecosystem, the 3D printing ecosystem in Australia. Um, and I know you're preparing a blog, which we will publish very shortly, um, but it's just good to have a conversation about this. Um, who do you think are the major players uh, in Australia focusing on 3D printing?
1: Uh, companies, major players.
0: Companies yeah. or government agencies, funding sources, anything in coming mind.
1: The major players. Okay, so I'll start with companies. I think... Um... You know, of course, when we're talking about uh, leading on bioprinting and biofabrication work, um, which is, of course, relevant to my PhD work, you can't look past Inventure Life Science. They're based out of Sydney, um, and they've been doing fantastic work out of UNSW for the past five, six years. They have a leading bioprinting platform here, and recently they've announced uh, more work to be focusing specifically uh, with bioprinting skin, and they're doing a lot of great collaborations with University of Wollongong, and also Fiona Wood from the University of Western Australia, who's a who's a leading burns victim uh, expert as well. Um, in terms of uh, steady manufacturing, Anatomics has been in the three D printing and healthcare game for uh, a long a long time, and they're well established. They know what they're doing, um, and they've released you know continuous projects uh, and products over the years to help patients. Um, from the metal side, which is which is an increasing uh, you know developing area, particularly here in Australia, we have Aurora Labs based out of Western Australia, and they're really focused on speeding up the process of metal fabrication, um, not just for for healthcare applications, but of course automotive, aerospace, and and sort of wide sweep. Um, also in the metal manufacturing, we also have, uh, speed 3d and basically these, these two companies are working really well together to improve the speed of metal fabrication and metal 3d printing, uh, enormously.
0: (laughs) Are they going Uh, into the healthcare space?
1: Yes. Yeah. They're doing some healthcare space as well. Um, but, uh, we also have Titomics uh, and, uh, who else We have some, some, some major players that have really uh, leaned off of funding sources. so I'll move away, and because you know many of these projects and many of these companies have had a start um, and've had a great you know, success story, particularly like in venture, from the the money, the money that's being put into this system and you know from both public and private sectors. Um, but I'll just take a snapshot back to the sort of public money that's and grant schemes that's being allocated to these sort of projects, and is one program called the Biomedtech Horizons Fund, and this has funded uh, Optiscan uh, before in the past. They've funded Anatomic. They've also funded Inventure Life Science as well. So they're playing a critical role. Um, with not just the Victorian government, but also the federal government in Australia to to really pump in some serious cash and to help get these, uh, you know, these projects and these companies off the ground, particularly um, from a research and development space. I think one thing that really Australia has embraced um, and we're really, you know, trying to be a sort of a leader in this space is the collaborative efforts that go on, you know, between these companies, between the institutions, the funding bodies, and of course, the regulatory agencies, but also the research as well. And, you know, particularly, you know, PhD students, postdocs, and these sort of labs that are working in various labs throughout the country. I think it's really important that, you know, we have some amazing ideas, but we want to see these ideas actually come to fruition. And of course, you need, a, you need a company to help guide you through this process. So we're seeing a huge rise in these sort of industry-funded and industry-collaborative projects and 3D printing and healthcare. Um, some big players in this is RMIT. They do a, a fantastic job with collaborating with local Melbourne uh, companies. And, of course, we'll get to a little bit more of that uh, later and for our events in the future. Um, but the the key thing I see with this 3D printing merging completely with healthcare uh, system and having a more direct line to clinicians and clinicians that will actually, ones that will be delivering these, uh, you know, these applications to patients and see. So the way that Australia has sort of adopted this is that we really um, are taking after st- the golden example of Mayo Clinic uh, in the u s where they have in house engineers and application scientists working right next to uh, you know the clinicians and the surgeons for instance that want to help deliver this technology so here in Melbourne we have uh, a fantastic uh, sort of lab called biofab 3D and they do some not just bioprinting work uh, for research but they also do massive amounts of 3D printing. Uh, to help with orthopedics and robotics, but the great thing about this is that it's actually focused within St Vincent's Hospital here in Melbourne. So the idea that you can, you know, take someone's take a patient's cells within the same building and and help you know research and. Uh, and develop this technology in-house and then speak to someone down the corridor to help deliver this is is a really good uh, example. And I think that's the way that uh, definitely Australia is moving forward uh, in the future. And one example, uh, in addition to Melbourne, also at the Metro North Hospital in Brisbane, in Queensland. And they work with a fantastic group uh, of Mia Woodruff at Queensland University of Technology and again, they're adopting a very similar model uh, to the BioFab 3D down here is that, you know, the idea that you can have these engineers, the scientists, biologists, um, you know, working with the surgeons and clinicians in the same house is, I think, will prove very useful for productivity and actually getting these products, you know, out to patients at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, this is fascinating to learn about different ecosystem because we also have different healthcare systems uh, you know, I, I think in Australia, it's more of a, a UK model, right? And then for US, it's a totally a different model. Um, and I think how a 3D printing center can succeed in the hospital also depend on the different healthcare um, system. Uh, mm. There are a couple other names that I just thought about while you were talking. I think one is Epic Lab. Is this also um, within the hospital, or is this a... Uh, uh,
1: yes, no, this is attached to Westmead's Children's Hospital. So, yeah, thanks for okay. bringing that up. Yeah. Great. yeah, they do
0: fantastic work. Yeah, I've seen some of their works. Um, and uh, what's interesting also, I think some of the earlier 3D printing company I, I came uh, in contact with actually were from Australia. And one yeah. company obviously is Anatomics RX, uh, which was founded by a neurosurgeon. Mm-hmm. And the other actual clinician founded company is actually called Oventus, which is uh, a sleep apnea device that's personalized, apparently. Yep. Um, I think both of them are were funded by the same government agency, Cicero, uh, yep. which is another very important entity as well. Um, so I think Australia has definitely invested a lot over the past five to six years yes. in this space. Yeah, I
1: think we're seeing, you know, the fruit, you know, that we're seeing sort of the outcomes of this coming, uh, to now over this investment, yeah, exactly, over the past five, six, even longer years. Um, definitely not just, you know, within Victorian government, but, yeah, the wider federal government as well
0: yeah no i mm. very much look forward to the, the guide that you're go- uh, you're gonna write for us and publishing it so everybody can see uh but let's go just talk a little bit about the event uh, in a, what three weeks
1: yes yes three weeks yeah. january And it will start at 10 a.m. here in Melbourne uh, at Eastern Daylights time. Um, And what time will it be for in San Francisco, Jenny? I think it's like
0: around 3 p.m. or something like that, uh, Pacific time. Uh, We will publish on the website and everything. Um, We already have a lot of people registering and we have limited spots. So anyone who's listening should register right away. Um, So tell me a little bit about why, because, you know, I, I hand it to you and you, picked who who is going to speak why don't why don't you tell us why what's the thought behind picking these speakers
1: of course i think um like you mentioned before i've sort of helped out with the bioprinting specific event a couple of months ago last year i think for me to bring 3d heels back to melbourne because of course we've had a 3d heels event here in melbourne before um is to keep it a very general 3d medical technology theme is to sort of encompass, um, you know, not just 3D printing and healthcare here in Melbourne, but also some 3D digital design, some modelling, of course, incorporating uh, AI and machine learning into these processes um, will play uh, a huge part. Um, to, to sort of give a, a snapshot as to who's presenting, um, I've uh, asked Mark Rowe, the Managing Director of Fusetech, um, to, to present Part of our event. Um, they do some very interesting anatomical modeling models for actual surgeons with, with real pathologies as well. So they, they really focus on doing high resolution uh, models for these surgeons to actually practice on before they go into the operating theater, which is, which is fantastic. So I, I look forward for you guys to actually see some, some of these real uh, pathologies working in real time with these devices from the presentation. Um, of course, I, it's really important for me to include the University of Melbourne, my department within the Biomedical Engineering Department here, and, of course, uh, Professor Peter Lee from my department. Um, he's also the director of the Centre for Medical Implant Technologies, which is a initiative by the Australian Research Council, or known as ARC. Um, and this centre and the broader ARC centres really sort of bring together more researchers and industry to sort of, uh, you know, tackle this problem head on. And with this center, with the medical implant technologies, they're aiming to use a wide sweep, you know, of all this 3D modeling digital design, which is Italy's backgrounds, and combine it with, um, you know, the fabrication um, equipment that exists within, you know, the CSIRO and other labs to actually uh, facilitate this. We also have uh, a associate eight Kate Fox and she's also done a fantastic blog for us for 3D Heels with her 3D printing for diamond work and you know that's very eye-catchy to be 3D printing diamonds. Really By the cat- way
0: did you know Kate was a patent attorney before yes. she turned a scientist? That, that's <laughs> a crazy uh, news uh, for me. Um, yeah. I guess not so crazy looking back. She just loves technology more than law at the end. Yeah.
1: It's definitely an interesting transition. You wouldn't you wouldn't hear about many patent attorneys uh, making that switch over, but um, I think you know that lends to her very well. She has that massive understanding, and she knows what actually needs to be done and uh, to actually get these products to market as well. Yeah. But yes, with some awesome three D printing diamond work. We mentioned uh, OptiScan, who will also be giving you know a, a nice presentation, a nice overview for us about their endomicroscopy uh, technologies and how this can be used in different applications. And we also have uh, a feature from Monash University, uh, uh, fairly new. He's joined to the School of Engineering. Uh, his name is Dr. Yunlong Tang, and he was previously held positions at McGill University Canada and also in Singapore as well. So, yeah, great track record with um, using three uh, D modeling and digital design to actually uh, improve uh, implants and, and the design process, and he'll give us a great talk about how he's using artificial intelligence this now.
0: That's awesome. We actually, um, I'm actually in the process of planning artificial intelligence uh, more dedicated track as well a little bit later this year. This is a fantastic panel. Thank you so much for putting together.
1: It's my pleasure. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, we have some comments and some questions here. Let me just take a look. Um, Well, some of these questions can be very specific. One of the questions here is, can 3D printing be used for development of a below the knee prosthetics? And if yes, what kind of material will be suitable and what is the durability? I'm not really sure this is within either of our expertise, but Bill, do you want to give it a shot?
1: I mean, below prosthesis, um, you know, of help you can have you know many different types to help with their outer body and actually stability of the leg um but more prosthesis you can use uh they can use a wide range of materials from some different biocompatible plastics you know they can use even metal implants to help uh it really depends i guess on what's actually happened uh to the injury and the, the severity of the injury with this one i think yeah
0: yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it really depends on specifically what kind of lower extremity prosthetics we're mm. talking about here is either uh, less invasive to more invasive and customized. Uh, we, we're actually going to have a couple of experts a little bit later this year that we can have Instagram live with and maybe they can answer this question to much more satisfaction.
1: But um, thank you. Yeah. yeah,
0: let me see anything else. Oh, okay, here, Danny has a question. What would you say it would be needed in order to work in a place like where you work? Uh, I think that's the meant for you, Bill. Like, you're in you're in University of Melbourne, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. Uh, as in to to do PhD research? Yeah,
0: PhD. Yeah, I think that's what he meant.
1: Okay. Right. Um, well, you have to waste a lot of your life. I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wouldn't call that. <laughs>
1: no it's 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 a long haul um of course if you i think anyone who's willing to do a phd as long as you have the passion and motivation to do it and of course you're interested in do some research you know before you apply to do a phd i th- you know most places um will be happy to take you on <laughs> and you know depending if you know what uh field you're working in and like i mentioned before um You know, there's maybe some more specific requirements to do some industry funded PhDs. Um, But overall, I think if you can have within Australia, we have sort of a a similar model to the UK um, and Canada, where is if you can do some honours research, which is basically one year of research after you do your undergraduate degree, you can begin to start a PhD. Um, But for international people coming into Australia... Most of the time, they the prerequisite masters, um, which usually involves a large chunk of that being in research as well. In that field, yeah.
0: it sounds like you have to build up uh, some kind of uh, background at least to show people of your ability to complete a PhD. Um, like anything else, um, I think science. You know, going back to why Kate uh, transitioned into uh, you know law to science, I think science is a lot more satisfactory. Um, than law personally in my opinion uh, but science is a lot more challenging to do uh, mm. than the regular pushing paperwork you know as a lawyer does um, it, it involves a lot of creativity uh, it also involves a lot of focus because there are a lot of times you will fail
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, you have to climb back up and then believe what you're going to do eventually is going to be successful you have to have that uh, passion and tenacity yes I- you can add to that bill
1: I think like you said before I think 99 times out of 100 everything you do experimentally fails until you push through until you get the one right and it makes you uh, it reinvigorates why you do the research and why you like science so much when you actually see some of these results come come to life and and yeah it really really helps drive the motivation.
0: (laughs) Yeah I mean like even for COVID this year right the the years of research on mRNA as a vaccine finally paid off but who knew it was going to be the year 2020 no
1: idea really that's yeah that's fantastic to see uh, nanotech coming to the day in particular, yeah with the mrna vaccines it's really good
0: <laughs> yeah well thank you so much bill for joining us today i hope this was fun for you um i'm looking forward to our uh, melbourne event i, I want to uh, make a, a surprise announcement that we're gonna have a new tool for people to mingle uh, we'll, we'll test it out soon. Uh, it's called Topia. And this is where people can uh, say hi to each other in small groups rather than you know, uh, make announcements to like all 100 attendees on, on Zoom. So uh, I'm hoping to use it for both our upcoming events, uh, both of our events this month. So
1: we can try. <laughs> yeah, try. So I,
0: I think it's going to work. People liked it when I hosted the New Year's Eve party.
1: Good. <laughs> Good test side. Thanks a lot, Jenny. Really appreciate it. Good
0: catching up. And I'll see you next
1: time. Absolutely. See you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: That's it for this episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 3DHeels. And check out the links in the show notes. See you next time.